Blade and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. What's up, everybody? How you doing? Uh, happy Monday to you. Happy, well, I'm just going to say. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy birthday to the late, great Steve McNair. Uh, Valentine's birthday uh, for Mac 9. Always think about him on this day. And, uh, um, you know, there's uh, July 4th that comes up as well, and certainly in history with him. But uh, try to remember him on all the good days. So happy birthday to to the late, great Steve McNair. Going to be hanging out with you, Blaine and Mickey, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Appreciate them. I'm sure they had a pretty good day yesterday, uh, as did all booking establishments, as it was the Super Bowl the Rams and Matt Stafford. This is I wrote this down because I thought this is an interesting case study. I saw a tweet this morning from one of like the football accounts, not pro football focused, but just an all the time all football account. And I would attribute if I can remember who it was, but essentially talked about how the Bengals still have all of their future draft picks. There are none that are traded away. Oh, okay. And they have fifty five million in cap space. So, and it was just, uh, uh, stop that. It was only about the Bengals. So I just thought the Rams got there too. They also played in the Super Bowl and happened to win it. What's their situation? Mm. Multiple firsts gone, multiple thirds gone. Also, I think the second for this coming year and they're minus 10 million on the salary cap. One one team went all in and just what you're trying to tell the difference. What I was going to say is stop that. I thought you were going to say, oh, man, the the Bengals can build up a great roster now around Burrow and get that offensive line fixed, which they probably can. If they just draft guards and tackles the entire (laughs) draft now, I would be all in for that. But but mind you, someone owns the, uh, the Bengals, and his name is Brown. He does not spend money. Nope. They need new facilities, new practice fields, and everything else. So what he's going to do is, we did it my way. I'm going to keep doing it my way. Oh, curmudgeon. He's not going to change his stripes. He's going to have $50 million again after the next season. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going to let his coaches and scouting department do a good job, which they did. They Sign quality football players, not elite guys, quality football guys yeah. on both sides of the ball. So you kind of continue to do that and build through the draft. They, you know, they could probably be just as good maybe. Uh, uh, I'm sure the other teams are going to try to be better too, but you still have all those weapons, and uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see because the AFC is a, a lot tougher to me in my mind uh, being, a, I guess, an AFC guy than the NFC just because of the, you know, the young quarterbacks that are all – you know, very talented. Not to say that you can't beat them, but, you know, can you get that that lucky stripe and who day, all that going on again, one more year to, you know, squeak into the, the playoffs and, you know, win your division. The Super Bowl odds for next year. I'm sure Kansas City got to be up there. Buffalo. Oh, it's, it's, it's just who you think it is. So this is, oh, dang it, I got to find this email. Let me find it. Um, it's next year's Super Bowl odds. And I was watching the game with a couple of people last night, and I said, you realize if there was like an NFL power poll released right now during this game, the Bengals would be like the number three AFC team on it just because people are just going to die on the hill of, well, the Bills are just better than them. Mm -hmm. Well, the, you know, the Chiefs are just better than them, even though they went to Kansas City and beat them. Mm -hmm. Um, 2023 Super Bowl chances opening. Who do you think has the best odds? uh, Buffalo. Well, they're two. So uh, Kansas City. Kansas City. Right. So that's two AFC teams yeah. with arguably, those are the two guys at quarterback in AFC, right? Well, so then you, uh, yeah. 
and not even taking Burrow into the but those are the two guys that everybody said okay I'm starting I'd pick I'd pick Mahomes would probably go first to everybody mm-hmm. and then Allen uh, so then the Rams who lost to the Bengals then the Bengals so that's the top four five is the Cowboys six is the 49ers they don't even know who their quarterback's going to be well what they do it's going to be the second year guy it's not going to be Garoppolo he did a news conference afterwards and said goodbye. So they're going to have a second-year quarterback. The 49ers. Garoppolo thing, may be the quarterback for the Colts. Well, he may be. Ooh, you like that one? I do like that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Green Bay is next. Then Denver. Denver's 18-1. to 1. Oh, This is, that, is Vegas. Well, that's because they're going to get Aaron Rodgers. I guess so. We need to go look that up. Where's Aaron Rodgers going to land? Any? Green Bay or Denver or, or retire? One of those so then it's Denver, which it, it, without Aaron Rodgers, it put them near the bottom, but they're ahead of the Titans. Then Baltimore Ravens, they had injuries and all their problems this year. Mm-hmm. Then Arizona Cardinals, their quarterback acts like he's not on the team anymore. <laughs> then the Chargers, who didn't even make the playoffs, um, are 22-1. to 1. So that's, uh, I think I looked, that's 11 teams that are ahead of the Titans. Six of them are from the AFC. Then you get to 22-1 to 1 and you have uh, uh, Cardinals, Chargers, Colts, I'm sorry. The Chargers are 22 to 1. Then you get to 25 to 1. It's Colts, Patriots, Bucks, and Titans. So the Colts don't know who their quarterback is going to be. There was a report this weekend, which things were so busy with the Super Bowl. Chris Mortensen said on his show, they're not going to bring Carson Wentz back. He's got a huge deal coming. Uh, 15, March 19th. Yeah, like $15 million roster Guaranteed. bonus. Mm-hmm. So he's like, he's not going to be on the team. And the Locked On Colts podcast tweeted a picture of Mortensen and Jim Ursay like standing with their arms around each other, laughing, and said, "If you don't think this man knows Ursay, you are sadly mistaken. <laughs> oh, he yeah. knows what's going on well, with this uh, team. Yeah, that's getting out everywhere, and that uh, they're either going to trade him or they're going to release him. And to me, that kind of news only can come from owner, GM, or head coach. That that's it. Uh, so that whoever got that story, I, don't, I can't recall who had it first. But so that's interesting. Good for the Titans. Uh, well, maybe bad for the Titans because you maybe want Carson Wentz there. Uh, but uh, how about this? I'm gonna throw this out there. James Winston to the Colts. No, I, I, I could care less about what the Colts do. All I care about in my mind frame is the Titans. Would you bring Carson Wentz in as a backup to Tannehill? Now, and would he do that? Now, I'm sure it's going to be some people out there that love Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. but kind of for a rehab, kind of what we did for Tannehill in a backup role. And guess what? If he has to miss a couple games, hey, man, if you go two games and you you out there throwing bad balls, <laughs> you wouldn't, you're going to lose all sight of you know, your chances in the NFL ever again. So I would be looking at, and I would be, if I'm the GM, reaching out to his agent saying, hey, is this something that you guys would be interested in? Logan Woodside's putting on his eye black as we speak. Yeah, and I think Logan Woodside would be a great practice squad quarterback. He has he hasn't played in an NFL game. I, I can't. I'm trying to go somewhere, and it's now. Right, one year, and that's it. So if Tannehill goes through some hiccups, guess what? I got somebody who can actually push him. Not to say he's going to beat him out, but we got. You never know; these quarterbacks get hot and cold. Carson Wentz make it get hot. He was. I mean. He guy shows he's tough. He played a lot last year, banged up, hurt. Remember he had surgery to start the season. season. They were saying he was, was going to be out forever. Well, yeah. yeah. And ended up playing. Ended up playing. He had no business. To, uh, he had a hurt ankle versus the Titans. He had no business. At least here, he, to me, he had no business playing. Uh, so, 
Yeah, I, I would I would consider that. I don't know if his camp would be into the backup deal. Uh, Boy, that, that that's is. how I would be looking at it from a Titans point of view. Would you be interested in that? Oh no, I'd I'd be super. Him as a backup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Him as a backup. Carson Wentz is your backup quarterback. You could uh, do so much worse. <laughs> you could do. I, yeah, most teams are doing worse. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out where or what team actually wants him as a starter. I'm sure there's going to be some teams out there, but which team? I don't think it's going to be San Francisco. No, they drafted be, a guy. Would it be the Seahawks? I, I don't know. If they got, you know, let you know, Russell, Russell go. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, he gets traded. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out where some spots are. Pittsburgh. I don't, I, Pittsburgh? I don't want Ramon to pull a car off the road here or anything. They're probably going to just draft whomever they want and roll with that guy. But, I mean... It's hard to see any GM looking at him as a franchise quarterback, quarterback right. after the last two seasons. And Thank you, Lucas. Yeah. My, my daughter it. and I right. had this well discussion. Said. She wants to be a musician. And for all of you who are listening who've tried that route like me, I know. We've talked about it. But at some point, I was having a discussion with a guy who's currently out on tour. And he said, look at people like Tim McGraw. He said, Tim McGraw's in his 50s. He could put out an album tomorrow and the whole world would buy it. And it would have hit songs on it. He's still relevant. He's acting. Like that's, but there are just a handful of people who stay relevant in the music business. And he, that was an example he gave. And 100%, I agree. Like Tim McGraw could put out an album tomorrow in his 50s and it'd be a really big deal. But for a lot of bands or acts, at some point, somebody just decides you're not relevant anymore and you go into the oldies circuit, right? Your crowds are smaller, you play smaller venues. You're not a headliner anymore. You open for somebody. You play on a tour with, you know, suddenly you and Poison are out on tour with, you know, the remnants of the band Rat and whatever. At some point, you know, and and Dokken, which has one original member or whatever, at some point somebody just decides, either the record buying public or somebody with your label or whatever just decide you're not relevant anymore. The quarterback question is the same thing to me. Like, what is Carson Wentz now? Because Cam Newton had to figure this out, right? People didn't look at him as a starter anymore, and he's probably done with his chances. Joe Flacco went through this, where he'd taken his team to the Super Bowl. And then suddenly, okay, is he just a backup? So he's kind of floating around now. Has Carson Wentz hit the – has he hit the point now where his next deal is for $4 million and he's a backup somewhere? And then I, if somebody gets know. hurt or something and he's a starter, look at him, he's right back. But to me, that – when when the switch gets flips for quarterback, it's one of the more fascinating things in the NFL. Well, you can rejuvenate that. I, I don't know his age. He doesn't seem like is he's he, young. Yeah, he's is he thirty yet? If Tannehill is going to be thirty four when the season starts, I'm thinking he's still under thirty, maybe around the twenty nine eight range. He's twenty nine. Twenty nine. He's twenty nine. So, so he can rejuvenate his career. So you can sell it to him. And I'm thinking like his agent. And, and John Robinson, that, hey, man, you can rejuvenate your career. You can kind of watch from the sideline. And if you get an opportunity, make the most of it and kind of grow that way. And guess what? We have a platform. We've shown you that we do this because Tannehill did the same thing. Yeah. Now, some people in the organization or, or fans won't want him, but you're not talking about as a starter, as a backup. And you're getting a security blanket, at least of, of someone who was in the MVP conversation until he got injured. Uh, who's kind of rejuvenated as a career. He's a good quarterback. He's just not an elite quarterback at this time. So maybe we can catch, uh, you know, some little bit of light ball uh, fire there and when he gets out there and play, if that happens. And that way you keep the thing rolling. 
So I, I, that's kind of how I view Carson Wentz if I'm uh, John Robinson. That'd make things interesting on Tannehill's end, wouldn't it? Yep, because I guess I've seen this movie before. Because and this is a, I'm glad you brought that up because this is why I'm doing it. I want to bring the best, and if you can't handle the pressure of a a former starter in this league as your backup, then you are on the other side. Then you can't. You're not for sure not our guy, and yeah. So that kind of and some people already believe that, but I'm gonna still give you. I'm gonna either push you to be better. Or then you're going to melt down and this is over and this ride is over anyway after this year. So that's kind of how I view it. And you, you know, get Wentz maybe for a one year deal. I don't know how you view him. You can do, even do it for three years uh, as a backup with some, you know, w- where he can get out and you can get out, uh, which is kind of interesting. That's why Tannehill can't be moved. Look at the difference between the GMs. Ballard can get out of Carson Wentz's deal. Even though he gave up a pick, he yeah. still can get out. Gave him the salary. Can't get out of this deal until after next season. So a little bit different. So, And that's why you have really no choice to stick with them. And sometimes that's good and, and sometimes it's bad. We shall see. We'll see how he responds. Uh, that's Tannehill. We got to put this out on poll question, too. Carson Wentz is a backup, yes or no. Yeah. It, because Blaine said this, you can't think like a fan. I don't like that guy. That guy's tra- as a backup. As a backup on your team, if he had to play. So is he better than Logan Woodside? Is that, what you should be thinking. That's the question right there. Ooh, we're gonna put this out. We're gonna see what you guys have to say about it. I can't wait to see the responses. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say no. And, and we'll have. Hey, listen, in the second, we got a great guest coming up, Tyler Sullivan. In the second hour of the program, we'll do Ding Dong of the Week. We're gonna bring this up several times during the show today and other things. So we'll have plenty of time to take your phone calls coming up as well uh, on the Mark Spain Real yeah, Estate Hotline. About that Super Bowl, too. As yeah, well. we got to talk about that. We'll do that and more next with Tyler Sullivan, CBS Sports. Blaine and Mickey, 104 from The Zone. Hopefully you're having a big day out there. Post-Super Bowl, a lot of people want Monday after the Super Bowl to be a holiday. I guess so you can just do whatever you want on Super Sunday, and then you can just kind of recover. Kind of recover on Monday. Uh, joined now by Tyler Sullivan of CBS Sports. Where do you fall, Tyler, on the Monday after the Super Bowl should be some kind of federal holiday for recovery? Do you like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And plus, we need a makeup because all of us, all the, all of us guys, been watching this football game. All of a sudden, have to turn over. And now it's Valentine's Day. Right. We have to come off of our football high and now take the wife out to dinner or, or the girlfriend buy her flowers, send it to the office. I mean, that is a lot. Come on, that Tyler, man, you got to be smart, man. You got to, you know, be like <laughs> me, man. You got to do it on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that that might be the better move. That might be the better move. I do think, though, in the, if I if I am correct, I think in a few years we do get a President's Day holiday uh, after a Super Bowl. I believe that that does come up. Oh, does it? Oh, okay. So we will get this. All right, boy. Thank thank past presidents for well, you know you stepping up there, years later. Right? Yeah. There you go, uh, Tyler Sullivan. You can follow him at Tyler Sully. Uh, what was the biggest storyline for you? yesterday going into the game and then coming out of the game. Yeah, and I, I think it's it was basically the same thing. I was picking the Rams going into it, and my main reasoning was my concerns about being able to protect Joe Burrow for the Cincinnati Bengals. That yeah. was my number one concern, as we saw throughout the season, throughout the playoffs. I mean, it was a, it was a pretty apparent storyline. It's not like you had to really dig too deep to see that there. But it was a main concern, especially when you have the likes of 
Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller on the other side. And for the first quarter, the Bengals were doing a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you had told me that you're going into the halftime locker room and Joe Burrow had been sacked just once, I would say, wow, the Cincinnati Bengals are on the verge of winning a Super Bowl. But then over those last two quarters, six sacks in total, seven for the game, tying a Super Bowl record, you could just see where the wheels started to fall off there for Cincinnati. You saw it on that final play. I mean, I'm just writing a story actually now about it. That final play, had Joe Burrow been given just a little bit more time, mm-hmm. the film shows that Jamar Chase had beaten Jalen Ramsey yes, on a yep. go route. And all Joe Burrow needed was a clean pocket, and we're talking about a game-winning bomb touchdown throw. Yeah, uh, but there was uh, Aaron Donald right there maybe stepping into exactly. immortality. Uh, is he now considered an all-time great? Does he get mentioned with the greatest of the greaters? there more he needs to do? I, I don't really think that there is more than he needs to do. I mean, we're talking about a guy that, you know, the news going into the Super Bowl, that kind of breaking news that he could potentially retire at this point had the Rams won, and obviously they did. You add a Super Bowl ring to all of those Defensive Player of the Year year, year awards and the ability that he's been able to do on the interior of that defensive line, and they move him around, but you know, you're talking about someone who's on the interior making multi, you know, multi-sack games. It's just something that you don't typically see. So when you're, you're kind of in that now that he has a ring and, and obviously you know, an impact Super Bowl like we just saw from him, especially in that second half, you are in that discussion of, you know, one of the greatest defensive players of all time with Lawrence Taylor and others like that. I think that's certainly a worthy conversation. And it's crazy, too. If he retires, we're, we're talking about an all-time potential Hall of Fame class with Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, Aaron Donald. I mean, that is just an unbelievable class if that turns out to be the case. Mm, man, uh, yeah. Uh, Tyler Sullivan, our guest from CBS Sports Talking. NFL on Blaine and Mickey. Well, Tyler, I, I got to ask you this. You know, on Aaron Donald, there's two things. Do you really believe he's going to retire? Is this a negotiating point? I know a lot of people are saying this, and I know Rodney Harrison said it uh, before the game and kind of spilled the beans a little bit that he was referencing that uh, potentially this could happen uh, because maybe he wants a new contract because in his eyes and maybe from his agent's eyes, they're getting along real cheap uh, with what they're paying him considering what he does on the football field. That's certainly a possibility. You know, you never rule that out because, again, it is a business. You know, there, there is, you know, a good good argument to be made that he should have been the Super Bowl MVP. I mean, right at that, that moment the yeah. in the second half where, uh, you know, uh, Donald kind of pushed Joe Burrow out of bounds, things started to get a little bit more physical. That seemed to be where the tide turned for Aaron Donald. The light bulb kind of went off, and he just turned into a monster for the rest of that game. And so, yes, you, you know, he is an X factor, a championship winning type of player. And that could absolutely be, you know, point to to say, hey, listen, we need more money and all that stuff. But I also do get the vibe that these Los Angeles Rams are, are kind of a little different. I mean, we're talking about Sean McVay potentially retiring, in, in, you know, at a super young age as he is to go maybe do something else. And so maybe Aaron Donald, who has accomplished so much mm-hmm. over just a short time in the NFL, maybe that's possible. Maybe we do see something along those lines. But, again, I'm with you, though. I wouldn't rule out the potential of this being some sort of a contract boy. All right, my second point on Aaron Donald is, you know, none against Cooper Cup. I thought he had a great game, and he's a great player, obviously. It's pretty clear with his awards. Uh, But, man, I I, I thought, you know, Aaron Donald should have been the MVP, and this is why all the kids growing up and watching want to play offense and not defense. 
Yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm with you there, too. And I'm not just saying that because I had money on him to be the MVP or anything like that. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. Man, but, man, you know, I was I – was, the number one thing that my takeaway from him was, obviously everybody's going to look at that final play on fourth and one. To, you know, in less than, like, two seconds, he was able to get at Joe Burrow and eliminate the, any possibility of, of tying or going to overtime or whatever. To me – the impact play that he made that kind of goes under the radar was in that second possession for, in the second half of the Cincinnati Bengals after the Matthew Stafford interception. You're talking about maybe a 14-0 and run for the, for the Bengals there to really start to run away with it. All of a sudden, he turns into a monster, two sacks in the matter of six plays, keeps the Bengals to score just a field goal, mm-hmm. and it's a one-possession it's a, one game, seven points. That, to me, on, it, on its own, Kept the kept the Rams in this thing. The momentum didn't shift completely over to the Bengals. And again, you're just a touchdown away from tying the game and getting a field goal. And it was, you know, again, it's still a one possession game. But to me, that little sequence on its own was MVP like. And then you add on what he did later on in the game. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I definitely could have considered him for MVP. We're on with uh, Tyler Sullivan, uh, NFL writer for uh, CBS Sports. I guess one more for me, and that is. If you watch the game and not just looking at the score and when it's when it ended, which quarterback do you think played better? And I want to preface this that, uh, man, I can't believe Stafford. Not to say this is the guy I think was the better player, but he threw that no look pass in a Super Bowl. I mean, like it was nothing on that dig route to the Cooper Cup. Like there in the fourth quarter, it was incredible. <laughs> I went back and watched that. I said, oh my gosh, I can't believe he did that. I mean, it is one of those you see the next day and you're like, oh, my goodness, I cannot believe that that's what he did. It, you know, it is, it, it's remarkable to see that. But, again, that's the type of quarterback that Matthew Stafford is. He is extremely talented. And, again, mm-hmm. when you say, like, which quarterback played better in this game, I'm going to go with the guy that won the game. And it wasn't particularly great by either one of them. It wasn't mm-hmm. a Herculean effort by either one that we're going to be talking about in the, you know, in the history books. I know Stafford did throw two interceptions, one of them. Really wasn't his fault. The other right. one was just a, you know, basically like a punt at that point on a third and long going into the end zone that was picked off by Jesse Bates. But he had a tremendous game. To me, it's tough to evaluate Joe Burrow in this setting because of those concerns along the offensive line. I mean, when you have less than two seconds to really even assess what's going on in the play, to me, that it's just hard to evaluate the quarterback there, you know. So to me, I think Joe Burrow is an amazing talent. It's amazing what he's been able to do in just his second year in the league. But to me, I would go with Stafford here if we're saying who had the better performance. Stafford, to me, with what he was able to do on that final drive, the throws that he was able to make. Obviously, you just referenced that no look pass, but even that that touchdown uh, in the corner of the end zone to Cooper Cup for the game winner. I mean, to me, it's just just a remarkable feat for a guy that's you know had that stigma of not being able to win the big game for such a long time in Detroit. It is a nice story for him. Mm, well, with uh, Tyler Sullivan, NFL writer for CBS Sports. It's interesting, Tyler, because people are having the now is Matthew Stafford a Hall of Famer discussion, which mm-hmm. he is a great compiler of stats. He's 12th in just about every major category, and uh, depending on who's ahead of him he, you know, and how much longer he plays, maybe he gets to number 10 in some of these main categories, but he's only made one Pro Bowl but then he leaves the Lions, and in one opportunity, he wins the Super Bowl. Where do you fall on his Hall of Fame candidacy? Yeah, I mean, if he if he if he was one of these Aaron Donald and Sean McVay's that decided to walk away right now, I'd probably say no. I, I think the NFL is going to have a little bit of a problem in the coming years when we start looking at these quarterbacks from this era, and as we move forward, when we're starting to look at these stats and saying, okay, he's now in you know twelfth or inside the top ten 
all-time in passing yards. Well, you know, it's tough to look at that now in today's NFL when it's such a pass-happy league. The rules are catered more towards the offense. It's tough to compare them to someone, you know, of of the yesteryears, to an Elway or anything along those lines because it's just it's just different the way the game has been played. So it is going to be tough to try to parse those stats and see what they actually mean. I think I ultimately would lean no on him. But again, if we start to go down the line, if he plays for another five years and adds another ring, you start to have that discussion. But right now, I would be a no on Stafford. Um, Cooper Cup, I, I don't... I don't know if people realize, like, he may have just had the best season a receiver has ever had from start to finish. Well, he did. And and literally, I'm thinking of, like, the one year Megatron had the 19. Yeah, beat all of them. Right. And Jerry Rice. So, at, at some point, do we start looking at how, and literally last night, at the end of the game, Stafford just and him were winking at each other, like, on the schoolyard, I'm going to throw it to you again. And it worked. I mean, at some point, do we start having the, where does Cooper Cup fit into all this discussion? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's certainly part of it. I mean, we're we're going to have the discussion of, is he the best receiver in the NFL? I know there's going to be a lot of guys that have claim to that. Cooper Cup right now, it's tough to look away from a guy who just led the league in every statistical category that you would want for a receiver, a triple crown winner, Super Bowl MVP, two touchdowns in the big game, especially with the game winner. To me, for my money, he is the best receiver right now. He's deserved that claim going into the 2022 season. And – you know, you still need a few more seasons of, of compiling all these stats, but this is what happens when you can, when you pair yourself with a great quarterback. When you're as talented as Cooper Cup is, and we've seen it even with Jared Goff, when you start to go into an offense with a quarterback that can throw the football effectively, you're going to explode. I mean, we've seen it all across the NFL in, in so many years. It reminds me of a little bit of, you know, when Randy Moss came to the New England Patriots and just absolutely lit the league on fire. You know, once that pairing happens and you can build that chemistry, I mean, we've seen it with Odell Beckham even this year. Before he got hurt, he was, you know, having an unbelievable game. He found a quarterback in Stafford that can change the way teams defend him. So to me, again, you go into next season as the number one wide receiver, and if he continues, it is, it is, you know, look out for somebody like him who could possibly even create his own Hall of Fame resume. Man, Tyler Sullivan, our guest, uh, talking NFL from CBS Sports here on Blaine and Mickey. Well, Tyler, I got to ask you, we were just here talking about Carson Wentz, and uh, you're talking about they're going to trade him or, or release him, I guess, by March 19th. I kind of give us your bold prediction on what you think is going to happen here with uh, Carson Wentz. I, I was petitioning that uh, the Titans bring him in as, as a backup, as insurance policy. Uh, I'm not sure uh, Carson Wentz <laughs> camp would be uh, agreeing to that, but uh, what do you think is going to happen to Carson Wentz? Yeah, you know, it's tough because you start looking at the numbers here. For 2022, he's got a cap hit of $28 million in a dead cap for the Indianapolis Colts of around $15 million. It gets a lot easier. You can cut him after next after the 2022 season. So, it, you know, it, if you can take on that financial burden for one year, and you know, maybe that works out. But it's for a backup quarterback, that's a lot of money to start mm-hmm. to really try to, try to get rid of for somebody like that. So I, I don't know what the future holds with him. To me – you didn't really work out in Philadelphia. It clearly didn't work out so much or, or to the level that they had hoped it would be in Indianapolis. You, you don't really get that third try for somebody of his stature. And so you are looking at a potential backup situation, maybe almost like what you saw with Marcus Mariota in Las Vegas, you know, a Jameis Winston type of path 
for him now is probably where we might be going down with him. Maybe he gets a chance with some of these teams if someone strikes out with the quarterbacks this offseason. But ultimately, the Indianapolis Colts should probably look to, uh, to upgrade at some point. I mean, it's just not the quarterback that they thought it was going to be. You saw it towards the tail end of the season. Obviously, that loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars is mm-hmm. just – that just can't happen. You can't you can't lose to a team like that when you can clearly make the playoffs. You know, it was the worst team in the NFL. You need to beat that team in order to make the playoffs. And if you can't do it, then you're probably not a starting quarterback in the NFL. So to me, it'd be wise for the Colts to look around. Again, this is this is going to be interesting this offseason. We just had two seasons where quarterbacks moved to a new team and were able to win a Super Bowl in year one. I think a lot of these quarterbacks, whether it be Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or anyone of that elite caliber that's in a situation that they feel like they're stuck in, maybe they take a little bit more control of their own destiny, seeing across the league that you can win and make an impact immediately out of there. And if you're in Annapolis and you're in a position to potentially get one of those quarterbacks, you have to do everything in your power. Mm, no doubt about it. We're on with uh, Tyler Sullivan, NFL writer for CBS Sports. Uh, I guess one more quarterback question. That is the Kyler Murray scrubbing his social media of uh, all Arizona things, uh, what do you think is going on here? And is there potentially uh, maybe he could be traded as well? Yeah, this one's weird. It, uh-huh. You know, it was it was a few. It was like leading into the Super Bowl. Okay, he raises everything uh, related to the the Arizona Cardinals. You're like, okay, that's weird. But you know, how much are we really going to dive into the social media habits of, of these players? Even though in today's world that does mean something. But then you get reports, you know, I know ESPN had a report, I think it was Chris Mortensen, who noted that the Cardinals want him to take kind of a a, a leap in leadership. And so that's kind of, you know, that's kind of a weird thing for a team to be calling out a quarterback. Hey, listen, publicly, you need to be a better leader. You need to kind of be that franchise quarterback that we are seeing teams playing the Super Bowl with. So that's tough. I don't know what the future is going to be. If I'm Arizona, I'm trying to keep that extremely talented quarterback happy as much as possible. But again, that's something you got to look out for. It's almost like what I just referenced. If, if Kyler Murray doesn't feel like he's in a situation in Arizona where he can win, maybe he's looking at other, other ways to kind of get out of there. Again, I don't know that, but to me, I do wonder if these quarterbacks are starting to look around and say, Hey, listen, I'm not tied to this organization as firm as, as maybe, you know, other quarterbacks in the past have been. You can leave and win somewhere else if a team is willing to kind of go all in. So I wonder if that's just kind of part of this new narrative that's growing across the league. Mm -hmm. Tyler Sullivan, CBS Sports. So on the way out, Tyler, we we saw the Super Bowl and we saw who got there and really two distinctive stories with the Bengals kind of drafting their guys and some prudent free agents and the Rams literally just going all in on free agency to get there. If you're John Robinson and you woke up today and you thought, okay, how do I get to my, my Titans to their next year? What's the first move or moves that the Titans need to make to put themselves on that trajectory to play in that last game? Well, to me, it's, again, take a hard look at the quarterback position. I mean, that's really been the difference maker, the the, the common denominator between the teams. They got there differently, but they found elite quarterbacks that can win the game on a single throw if if, if the situation calls for. Ryan Tannehill, great, you know, great quarterback, but I don't know if, He's that level. I don't know if he's able to to go toe to toe with a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen or a Matthew Stafford like Joe Burrow had to do over this season. You know, I, I don't know if he's able to do that. 
to that level. So to me, I think you keep your options open if you're the Tennessee Titans. Say, hey, listen, let's try to figure out what these quarterbacks want. Because, again, an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson, they're not going to just go to a team just to change a team. They want to go to a ready-made situation like Tampa was in 2020 for Tom Brady and L.A. was for Matthew Stafford in 2021. And so, in my opinion, Tennessee has the structure to get there. They have an you know, a, a just amazing amount of talent at the skill positions. They have great, you know, pass rush that they fixed after a year ago. So to me, if you can figure out to get one of these quarterbacks, keep your options open. I wouldn't necessarily just roll the roll it back and see what they can do. It's all right, let's see. We like our quarterback situation, but if we can improve upon it, we'll absolutely explore that. That would be my 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 situation. Tyler, great stuff, man. Always love catching up with you as people get their off-season started. They need to follow you and the CBS crew. You guys are fantastic with draft stuff as well, and uh, they can follow you at Tyler Sully on Twitter. Thank you, sir. No problem. Have a good one, guys. Yes, sir. Tyler Sullivan, our guest. All right, when we come back, Blaine is throwing this question out there. Um, We'll get to Ding Dong of the Week in hour number two. You like the idea of Carson Wentz as a backup, and – Somebody had tweeted us and said, I don't want his contract. I'm not saying trade for him. I'm saying no. sign him if he gets cut. Yeah, if he gets cut. Yeah, you know, they're don't... saying March 19th. If he's not traded, then he will be released. I mean, yep. that was a statement. That's why I think it's coming from high-level positions uh, there <laughs> and to say that and put it out there. And once it gets out there, ain't nobody trading for him now because they're mm-hmm. like, no trade or release. We'll just wait for him to get released. And uh, if we want him, then we'll uh, call his agent. Uh, you can call your agent or you can call us, 615-737-1045. We'll discuss that and more next. Blaine McKee, 1045, The Zone. <clears throat> we'll get to Ding Dong of the Week coming up in hour number two. Plenty of Ding Dong candidates from that game last night. Uh, man, uh, a lot of – we've already gotten one Ding Dong, uh, someone calling Vernon Hargraves the Ding Dong of the Week, which I'm sure he will be for many people. Oh, that is my heart. He's on my Running on the field in, uh, yeah. in uh, sandals and uh, socks to celebrate a touchdown. That yeah, he in a game yeah. he was inactive. Chuck says ding dong of the week has to be Vernon Hargraves. Not only do you get your team 15 yards, it only turned out to be 10 because it was half the distance, but you came out in socks and sandals. Yeah, flip flops and socks, and he was celebrating and then trying to hold his phone in his little hoodie that was cut off. <laughs> so there was a lot of things going on, man. He was he was into the game, that's for sure. Yeah, he he's my uh, number one guy on the list for my ding dong. Your number one ding dong? Yeah, I, yeah, I got about four of them, but he he's number one. Well, we'll we'll, we'll save some of those ding dongs. Yeah. Um, we asked the question if Carson Wentz is released by the Colts because the first response we got was somebody who said, you know, I, not at his price point. I'd rather have Uncle Rico. Well, if he gets released by the Colts, then the price point is whatever you agreed to pay him. Right, right. So, so not released. under his current deal. Right. Well, they're saying that uh, March 19th, he's due $15 million. And if he is released or not traded, uh, which means to me he's going to be released, uh, would you bring him in as a backup if released? Uh, and I think that's something the Titans consider should consider uh, depending on, on the price point. I, I don't know what uh, veteran backup, you know, maybe what, four or five million, depending on. I, I don't know what, what's the range. Uh, and then, you know, maybe you wait down the road. And I don't know how comfortable they are with Logan Woodside. Yeah. You know, they may be very comfortable and not look at that. But, you know, you got to look at all options and maybe can he rejuvenate his career kind of like how Tannehill did sitting on the bench and, uh, you know, learning a lot and growing. Uh, so, you know, just never know. He's a talent. Let's just say that. 
Now, does he make some boneheaded plays every now and then? Yeah, for sure. Oh, he's he's yeah. the boneheaded plays because I I looked by the way it's sixty five point five percent right now says no, yes say thirty five and a half percent say yes they would want him as a backup. Uh, Don says he has extremely bad footwork. That's what got him out of Philly. Jacob says why not? But if you just look statistically at him, if it, and I know st- stats don't ever tell the story, but people have this idea that, you know, this guy is completely talentless. talentless uh, that well, seems- to me, he would have won the MVP if he didn't get injured at one year in Philly. It, it was a, like a no-brainer. Yep. What he did he tell his ACL? That was his second, his second year, 2017. Yeah. Um, he is... Um, 28, right? He's 29, but I think he'll be 29 for uh, – for he just turned 29. So he doesn't uh, turn 30 until December 30th. So literally for the rest of this year, he would be 29 years old for most of the season. He – this past year for the Colts, he kept throwing, I guess – he had a couple of interesting balls that he threw that weren't considered interceptions. They were laterals or however they were ruled. There there were a couple times where he did things that everybody called him. So his interception numbers don't look as bad as maybe they were. <laughs> Do you know what his numbers, touchdowns, and interceptions were this year? No, because I just feel like he's a, just a, a solid quarterback. I, I never think he's as bad as people want to give him credit you know, for. Uh, so I, I have no idea. 27-7. I, I, and seven. See, that, I, I'll take that. 27-7. and seven. They were just all like incredible see, just moments. soul-crushing moments yeah. when he threw it to the other team. Right, it was at bad times, and that's what I mean. He did one to the Titans, too. You know, he did Caleb Farley, right? Yeah. Yeah. Elijah Molden. Oh, I'm sorry, no, Elijah Molden. 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 Sorry, Molden yes, Molden, not Farley. Mm-hmm. Farley was yeah, not he didn't play enough. <laughs> he did not play enough yeah, to have one thrown one. to him. Yeah, so that you know that one right there. See, instead of just getting rid of the ball or taking the sack or the you know two point, you know, so that's kind of who he's become. So, hey, you know, you never know. Uh, may be able to come in and push Tannehill to hit the best Tannehill version we've ever seen because he's got pedigree that he started in the National Football League. He knows he's a threat, uh, regardless of what you think about him. 27-7 and seven is, is respectable to me. I think the Colts, uh, that last game, and I think he had maybe three turnovers, uh, they had horrible protection for whatever reason. I think the offensive line, a lot of them were coming back from covid uh, and they didn't protect very well, and he tried to force the issue, and he had some bad balls. Uh, so, uh, you know, naturally the head coach and the quarterback get blamed here uh, whenever you lose, and they had a solid team, and they could have, you know, probably uh, beat some teams in the playoffs, just like the Titans could have. They beat the Rams, so, you know, there's some parts that say, hey, man, we would have gave, you know, the Rams a better battle and probably would have beat the Rams uh, in the Super Bowl. So, you know, I, I think you get – you know, as a backup, I think you win all over the place if you're the Titans, uh, if you bring in Carson Wentz as a backup. Well, the question is out there. Again, we asked a question on Blaine and Mickey, so if you want to weigh in on that, you can. Uh, and again, this is all based on a report from Chris Mortensen this weekend. I don't think he ever tweeted it. At one point, I looked, and finally somebody tweeted out the video clip, and it was just part of, I guess, a, maybe a Super Bowl pregame show. And Mortensen just said, you know, the the plan would be, based on what he's due contract-wise, to cut him loose before what March eighteenth, mm-hmm. he's due X amount of money on March eighteenth. Fifteen million is that what you said? Yeah, fifteen million. Fifteen million. Yeah. So, so that like, that's probably not so long. Yeah, you know. And another you know, question to me is: as much as uh, I love Cooper Cup, I, I thought Aaron Donald should have won MVP, and uh, and so I, 
you know, I, I don't know how that, you know, they're voting and everything else uh, right there in the moment in the game. And it's always kind of biased towards the offensive guys, usually quarterback. Uh, and Cooper Cup uh, played well. He had eight catches for 92. But I, I thought in those critical moments, Aaron Donald just performed at the highest of the highest level. Uh, and I, I thought he was uh, the MVP. And uh, so I, I thought that was a, eh. uh, you know, now I, I also was upset that the Bengals didn't double him the last couple of drives. I was like, what the heck are you doing? Yeah. I mean, this is not him. He was moving them inside and outside and maybe in their scheme and their defense, they just can't, you know, double somebody. But I, I, I'm sorry. They they made adjustments at halftime. And then once the OBJ got hurt and they moved forward and finally figured it out how they could beat them. And then they they were just throwing to him. And then this, if the coach is not doing it, I would have been on the field doing it myself. Seriously. That's just how I rolled. It, this is, I'm sorry. I mean, this is, it was clear as day. Everybody knew Cooper Cup. Even <laughs> Lucas knew they were getting him the ball. Hey, on the fourth down play, they just handed him the ball, essentially. Yeah, I, I they were ran. just going to put the ball in his hands. Place. I would have ran right. And then, then that play call on, it was a heck of a call because typically the NFL, you never run lateral. <laughs> To get a, a short yardage play. Nope. Well, I mean, you you don't have to be a science major to figure out the, the shortest distance to go uh, one yard is straightforward and not lateral. Yep. And that, that carries weight in the National Football League, too. Uh, so, you know, hey, he made a nice cut, made somebody miss, and boom, there it happened. I mean, so he he was the guy uh, as far as the targets there. Uh, but I, I thought Aaron Donald played at a whole nother level there, especially that last one. You know, when he got my man uh, on Quentin Spain there who, you know, he's he's definitely on my ding-dong list. I'm giving up two of them because, I mean, you know, talking all that trash. And be honest, that was the only time Aaron Donald actually beat him throughout the game, but it was in a critical moment. Uh, so that's why you don't do all that talking on, on a freaking social media. Uh, you talk, let your play do the talking, and let them keep jabbering and don't respond. It's, and it's hard. Somebody need to take his phone out. Sit that thing down, old Quentin Spain. I think he's a free agent too, by the way. I, I don't even know if uh, after that you know performance of this entirety, everybody's gonna, just going to think all those guys are really backup guys, especially mm-hmm. from guard to guard uh, on the Bengals. So I, I don't know if he'll get a, a starting job somewhere else or not. But yeah, yeah I, th- I thought I thought the Bengals were going to pull. It out. I thought Burrow was going to pull it out. And on that last play, he got sacked. This is why he's MVP too. Oh my man. Jalen Ramsey fell down, and Jamar Chase has run down the sideline wide open. He was. And that would have been a bombshell if that would have been thrown. And he all he had to do was put it out there in the vicinity because he would have, there was nobody around him. So that was there. He got uh, like two seconds, though, and he is, wow, they just whiplashed him. Yeah. I like some of the well-designed plays, too, in this this game, uh, setting up uh, guys with eye, no eye discipline on both sides of the ball. And that's how they get open in the end zone. Mm-hmm. I mean, Eli Apple, you're the deep third, and you're Cooper Cup didn't even go block somebody. He just ran inside, act like he was going to block, and didn't right. block anybody. Right. Well, you got deep third. You need to be. Why isn't he blocking you? Oh, you thought he was watching the safety? Well, you were deep enough to see if he blocked the safety. <laughs> These are little tricks of the trade, man. That I I love about the 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 league and and watching the game, and that's not actually been taught, and and both sides of it. So you got to see it. Well, we'll keep talking about it. Uh, if you want to join the discussion, 615-737-1045. We'll continue to talk about the Super Bowl. Also, Ding Dong of the Week coming up in hour number two, brought to you by 
Mark Spain Real Estate. But in the meantime and in between time, as Blaine likes to say, it's free ticket Monday with 104.5 The Zone and the National Predators. So here you go. Be called number five right now. You got a chance to win tickets to see the Preds versus the Washington Capitals. That's Smashville Tuesday, February 15th. So that is coming up soon. Tomorrow, hockey in full swing. Right here in Smashville, you need Preds tickets. So here's what you do. Go get yourself more information. Now tickets for the Preds can be found just by going to nationalpredators.com slash tickets. Get your tickets. Get to Smashville today right now. Get call number five, 615-737-1045.